Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill and I am your host. Uh, this is episode number 73 and joining me today is Eric Lundmark. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, you are a, you work in film distribution. Yeah. Yeah. We have for 12 years now and, uh, but we're still also creative people. We have a production company and my background is in music. I came to LA to do film scores, which I still do from time to time. But then, you know, and then it expanded into all kinds of post-production and then some production as well. And then after a while, I had five, actually three shows. I have five shows of my own that I had made. I was all related to motorsports, you know, special interest, kind of a, you know, video magazine or a series or something like that. And I realized, well, what is it worth? And who wants this? And let's learn about the business of the business. Let's not just make things. Let's, let's take on that last missing puzzle piece that no one seems to want to touch, right? And figure out what is the business of all this? And how do you sell films? And what is it, wh- where do you go and all that? So that's how it started 12 years ago. How long ago, 12? 12, yeah. 12 years ago, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Noted. Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, film distribution is classically, because okay, like, <laughs> talking from the indie film perspective the independent filmmakers it's uh you know it's hard enough to just get a movie made at all that by the time you get through the get through that process of like all right let's find the money for it let's find the people Mm -hmm. for it let's actually shoot it let's get it through post Mm -hmm. by the time that you get to like oh we actually no we actually did it we have something what what do we do with it now you've it's almost like the classic early filmmaker trip up of what we yeah it's something no one really thinks about until you get there and then uh, no one knows anything Uh, so we 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 meet a lot of new producers directors producers mostly producers i think at these various film markets such as afm coming up in november uh and um we try to help them We, we really try to be the good guys in this strange business landscape of a, a lot of sharks and a lot of you know shady characters. But w- so we said, ah, let's just do what what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and the more the filmmaker knows about the distribution, how it works, and what to expect, the better off they're going to be, and the less surprises they're going to have, or the less disappointments later on, right? Um, so. Yes. You want to jump into how distribution works? Yeah, from that's, that so that's what we're talking about a little bit today. As much as let's see, we'll see what we can cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's. Okay, so I guess for starters, yeah, I don't know where. We, my thought was just starting with uh, a basic overview of like what you do specifically, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of work our way back from there, talking about the filmmaker and and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. The distribution, what we do is, um, even though, I mean, we've been at it for a while. 12 years is, I feel, substantial. It's not 30 years, right? But still, we've been around long enough to have seen the business change, even in these 12 years. Um, Traditionally, film distribution and sales, because there are two separate halves to it, distribution is when you release the film where you have control so we are a u.s distributor 
and foreign sales agents, right? So you, in the US, we release films on all these platforms, or so we try to sell to cable TV or, or something like that. Internationally, we can't release a film because we don't work in these ter territories. We don't have a business entity in Germany or Spain or, uh, you know, we're, we're outside. We can't do that. So how these markets work, then we go to the markets. We are sellers, but it's called a foreign agent, right, sales agent. But we sit at a table like any market and show our films. And the buyers are the ones walking around and they look and see if they'll find something they like and they make an offer. And that buyer is really a distributor in their own home territory. Sometimes it's just one country, sometimes they buy for a whole region. That's why we tend to use the word territory instead of just countries. Um, and then they take that film back to where they work and operate and they release it and do marketing and so on for the film. That's traditionally how it's always worked. <laughs> now what has changed on the international side is that because of the power of Netflix, Amazon, especially yeah, those big streamers, uh, is that they do so much domestic production in different territories, right? So let's talk, say Germany, for example. So you have this German distributor. He sees a film in one of the markets, a little indie film, but he still feels like this is a really nice film. I think it could do well where I live. All right, so he pays maybe ten to $20,000 upfront for it as an advance payment, an MG, a minimum guarantee. Um, and it takes it back and releases it. But now Netflix is so powerful and they make their own productions in the German language that this distributor have nowhere to release the film unless he feels he can sell it to German television or German Netflix. If he can't get those sales, there's he can release it on, you know, the regular Amazon and iTunes and so on, but it's very, very difficult. So that has changed the international landscape um, that it's become even more important to have recognizable cast names because in the film business the real currency is the fame factor unfortunately you can make wonderful films and you can win Oscars and all kinds of things but if you do it as a business and you try to plan your business model and, and you know operations and cash flow and blah 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 the real value the real currency of the film business is the fame factor um, so then what we do now, we have tr transformed away from traditional foreign sales because they've just kind of gone away unless you have the fame factor. So we are hooking up with international VOD platforms and we try to release the films internationally without that local distributor because they're not buying the films anyway. So we're trying to be direct with the platform so we have more of an international uh, reach okay all right okay there's a lot there all right <clears throat> so noted <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm thinking about so what for for independent filmmakers making movies without recognizable faces mm-hmm what what you, I, I feel like you maybe said it in there. So, or yeah, how do? What's the? Well, um, let's, let's let's talk about yeah. why do you want to make a movie? Sure, right? that's a good the, start. The, the urge is to be creative, and that goes in all the different art forms. I mean, my background is music. It was started with an urge to 
play, create, it just felt good, right? Or if you're a writer or a painter, whatever you do, it's, it's an urge to create. That's human nature. It's very, very powerful, right? Yeah, more, uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone loves that. Or I, I mean, if you're in that area and you love to be creative, you, you just want to make stuff. It's fun. It's satisfying. It's, it's very, it's like a drug, right? You want to do it again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So, you know, that's all fine. But then if you also want to make it into a business, things change, right? Because then it's not just something you do because it feels good and it's fun. You're trying to pay bills with it. You're trying to sell it and, and so on, you know. So then, all right, let's talk about that. Realistically, in the beginning, I think unless you get discovered after one film, I think if you look at it with three films over some years, that's your investment in your career. You make three low-budget films and you show what you can do. By the end of that third film, if not earlier, you should be able to be hired by a bigger company that can afford to pay you for what you're good at. That's the goal. Okay. As a business, yeah. as a professional craftsperson or creative person, the goal is to be paid for what you do by someone else who can afford it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I see what you're getting at over um, here. Yeah. So if you can do that, then you have succeeded. You have invested in your career and you can have these three films or one or two and show them and people go, wow, you're really good at this. We want to work with you. That's the whole process simplifying in two sentences, right? <laughs> okay. So not to put words in your mouth here, but are you saying that uh, the, the, the making of the, the independent feature film let's just, with, in, on that smaller scale with people that nobody recognizes is more of a, at the end of the day, probably more of a calling card piece mm -hmm. than a than a money making piece. Like don't don't really make that with the intention of yeah, striking gold. Yeah, you're yeah, here to, you're, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you have if you think look, you can do all kinds of Google searches online, you know, uh, indie films that were successful or or however you phrase it. You can do a lot of lot of search, but you're gonna find about the same fifteen movies in the last forty years that made money. Uh, and those are the ones everyone referred to, Blair Witch and Yada Yada, you know, all, all those films. Oh, they were so successful, they made it for nothing. But what do they all have in common? Well, I looked at it, is it the genres? Not really, is it the director? No, you know, what is it? Well, they all had a studio distributor. Someone with a lot of money and resources could put a real marketing campaign behind the film. And that's the reason why it was successful. Without that, you know, it's just going to be another indie film and, you know, you don't get that reach. Yeah. So it's just about garnering, garnering that, that, cr that you got to get the attention of the right person. Mm -hmm. And that's a rare outlier scenario versus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. we call it, you know, winning the lottery. If you have yeah. a little indie film that gets picked up by Sundance and then you get a big distributor there. And I mean, you know, that's winning the lottery and that's great. But you can't plan on winning the lottery because <coughs> then <laughs> you you should go out and buy a lottery mm -hmm. ticket, <laughs> you know. But yeah. So th that's where we see a lot of the disappointment coming from because they're their role model film, if you want to call it that, is one of those lottery winners. 
and it's very hard to replicate. The film might be wonderful, but even if you made it for a, you know, chewing gum and rubber bands in terms of cost, you still need that studio $20 million marketing campaign and put, you know, do all that to make people be aware of it and say, oh, I have to see this. This looks amazing. Okay. So you're uh, still talking about lots and lots of money yeah. to, to, to get there. Right. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So this is about expectation setting mm-hmm. um, for when, when, when we're making our movies here. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, yeah. Because if you understand from the beginning what to expect and the r- reality of the business side of the movie making, then you can be smarter, you can be less disappointed, and you can use this as a career builder and open doors with it. Uh, and even if you get distribution from a smaller company, when you're in a meeting with someone, an investor or someone else, they're always going to say, have you made features before? And you say, yes, and that's great. Uh-huh, did you get distribution? Yes, it's out there. Oh, great. And is it making any money? Yeah, a little bit every month, but it's people are watching it and we're getting a little revenue and they say, okay, great, let's talk. And that could be enough to you know, jumpstart your next chapter of your career, really. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, I think that, that was, that was going to be the question I was going to ask was um, if not the money aspect, what can filmmakers be doing to put themselves in a – like what, what, uh, what else can we do with our films to leverage that product in the ways that you're talking about with we want to show we want to showcase our work mm-hmm. we want to showcase our abilities mm-hmm. is the best is the distribution going to get it out there and accomplish that or are there other avenues we should be doing that will actually like get that get that done via like the festivals or yeah yeah or all, just all of those send, things yeah, okay. you know no matter how you get the film seen through uh, distribution and you can even try to do self-distribution if you want uh, it's a lot of work uh, w- but festivals distribution any way to get the film out there because you want it to be discoverable right we, we want people to watch our work exactly yeah. <laughs> and you want feedback and hopefully you want people to say this is fantastic okay great hire me <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah um, okay so you kind of mentioned this early on too um, as filmmakers that are that are new to um, traversing the distribution landscape, mm-hmm. like you said, that it was a, a goal of you and your company, uh, which we, I don't think we've mentioned the company Leo Mark Studios, mm-hmm. yep. um, to do things the right way and 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 right. So yeah. if if we can speak a little bit on things people can look out for on like maybe poor practices or bad practices that that are kind of a little bit red flags that maybe a newer filmmaker won't recognize as a red flag. True. Yeah. So let me just back a little bit. Sure. Why we came to this. um, Well, when we got into the distribution, we, we, of course, we're just straight shooters and, and we do what we're supposed to do and we give the filmmakers 80% of whatever money comes in. There's no hidden cost or, or fees or anything like that, that that later you go, wait a minute, what is this, right? It's pretty much just straightforward. And 
we learned after a short while that people thought we were amazing because we paid them every month. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. And it's like, well, I mean, even if it wasn't much, it was still like every month was a report and there was, there was some money, you know, being sent and so on. And we realized the bar was so low that it didn't take much to be considered, you know, a great distribution company because we just did that and we didn't have any hidden fees or cost or expenses or something like that. Um, so one thing, if you're shopping around for a distribution company, I would say be sure to read a contract carefully. And if you don't want to understand contracts, you need to hire a lawyer for an hour or two to go through the contract and evaluate it for you. And the w number one thing to look out for are uh, expenses. Because uh, expenses, um, they can be written in a way in a contract so they're non-approvable, meaning you don't get to say yes or no if they happen, and they're non-verifiable, meaning they're not going to show you receipts. It's just going to be an expense cap of anywhere from 5000 50000 And whatever money comes in, they're just going to hold on to that and call it expenses. Um, so I <laughs> we, yeah, don't, you, we don't like that. So, so yeah, you can, you can sign off on I guess how expenses kind of get tracked or yeah so the way we do it is say we we don't have any expenses if if you know general expenses if expenses come up we discuss it with the filmmaker and they get to say yes or no and then we front the cost and recoup from first money in uh, but still we need them to be part of the conversation understand where this money is going but we don't charge for our time or phone calls or other overhead and things like that it's um and the typical expenses we have, and most companies have, is something towards the marketing of the film. Some, we, many times we need to do new art that we feel is more, like, not really clickbait, but just more attractive for, for people who browse lots and lots of movies online. Yeah. Uh, and also social media marketing, which is affordable and also very effective. So you don't need spend millions. You spend a few hundred and, and you still get a good result from your campaign. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think that's the biggest one. The other one, kind of straightforward, is how many years they're asking for. A lot of companies ask for 10 years. We ask for five. Um, so if you feel like you really want to go with this company, ask for 10 years, and you're okay with that, then, yeah, well, but 10 years is a long time. Yeah. I, I, heard, I, heard a, I heard a buddy talking about a 20-year or 25-year that some company was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Especially if they don't have an out clause in, in some way, you know, some have performance clauses. If the movie doesn't make X amount of money, then you can get out of the contract or renegotiate or something like that. But these, I feel, are old school contracts from an era when business was different, the international business was different and, and so on. But okay, yeah, and, and to speak on the like the five term, like, like the what are we what are we calling it the um this is like a term limit or what's the the five-year yeah the agreement term, yeah uh -huh. yeah so one thing that i'm curious about is when you do line up a distributor and you do the five-year contract and that five-year contract comes to an end and you're like okay that was cool and mm -hmm. and you kind of go out of the contract let's say mm -hmm. is is there any is there any expectation that 
films of that age now that it's five years it's been aged five years Mm -hmm. are those projects still valuable in any sort of way or are they kind of yeah they are absolutely we get a lot of second run films too maybe because they the the first distribution agreement the filmmaker wasn't really happy with that other company so they heard things about us they come to us and and we do the second release of the film uh, but if, if we have the first contract, when the five years is up, we ask them, look, you know, our contract's about to expire. What do you want to do? Do you, you want to renew or do you want to go your own way? And, and some people want to end it and they want to try something else. Uh, I would say most of them, though, probably 90% at least, I think, uh, want to renew because they felt it was a good experience um, and they want to keep going. Yeah, because I know, I know, cause let, I don't know, let's... <laughs> I just, because I just finished, um, I've direct, cause, uh, my first feature, It's What's on the Inside, uh, went through you guys, mm-hmm. and it's still, still, um, we're still working together, and since then, I've directed two more, two more small features, uh-huh. one that I didn't produce myself, so they're handling all that kind of stuff, Gotcha. and then the second one is just now coming out of post here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, I know I had been introduced to like I have I've had other chats with other, other distributors before too on like on the side and stuff and they'll mm-hmm. always be like well not always I've heard it's like oh what's the date that it shows on IMDb because mm-hmm. like depending on where like their contacts are it's like oh we don't like we don't want to touch any they w- our people won't touch anything that's older than like you know two years or three years or yeah that. I think also that used to be more of an issue remember that talk yeah that was for international sales right um yeah 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 because they didn't want to pay for anything that was more than two years that's true so here's another good tip for you if you're gonna you know make a movie don't be in a hurry to get that imdb date locked in because as soon as (laughs) it says a certain date and year the the time bomb is starting to tick and and the film is getting older every day and <laughs> so Ooh. wait for that as long as you can um but the thing is if you have a festival then that's your first public screening boom the date is locked okay, in okay. so you can't get around that yeah uh, before that though just hold off you can say it's still in post-production <laughs> yes okay copy yeah that's uh yeah that that makes sense. That's that's what I have heard as well. But that was for the foreign sales. That's they were the ones looking at that to release it on a VOD platform. No one cares about IMDb. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, but you do want to be an IMDb because it has become a the go-to source for uh, accurate information. And now when Amazon bought IMDb, they're right. they're really tight now. And you know you can't even put films on Amazon unless you have an IMDb page and all the information matches that we and so on. So yeah. Okay, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so hold off for this, for in, uh, international stuff. Yeah, hold off on the yeah. IMDb if mm-hmm. possible, which is definitely impossible. Yeah, public screening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Copy that. I'm yeah, just if it's a festival, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Then that the locks it in. locked in, and that then you better in. hurry to plan your, <laughs> your commercial release. Yeah, you know. okay. So, um... <clears throat> So, in working with filmmakers, is there an ideal window in which a filmmaker will start start conversations with distribution? Like, is this a pre-production chat? Like, it's like, hey, I've got the script up and running, and I'm going to be jumping into 
like at what point is it ideal to start the convos to get ahead of like what's going to make the sellable or like mm -hmm. well it depends if you know what type of film it is and it, it also not so much a type but the budget level okay that's what it really depends on so if you're doing a film because of your creative urges yeah. right like, and like under 100k yeah then it doesn't really matter because you're i think you're trying to do a festival film and you it's a career builder you're showing your work and so mm -hmm. on you don't you shouldn't really be caring about your business entity because you want to make the film really unique and special and your own personal piece that people are gonna go wow you know but if it's a business, then the budget will be higher. There's, there's no way around that. Yeah. Because you're talking about that fame factor that you need to pay for. So then I would say come to a distributor early with the idea, synopsis. You have an idea for a story. And because we do this too, we develop stories with the writer and producer and, and we do a co-production together and we try to figure out you know, how do we do this? What's the budget level? Where do we take it? So the next step is when we feel we have something we can present, we want to go to one of these major exhibitors, the major streamers or, or anyone who can partner up with us and if not foot the whole bill, at least half of it, right? But we do want to know that if we make this, are you interested? Because we're talking money, lots of money. Yeah. And if they're not interested, there's really no point in doing it. As a business. <laughs> right. No, 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 most definitely. So I'm thinking we're talking like millions here yeah. or, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but two to five. That's, that's, you know, the five. next sweet spot. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if you're, so if, we're t if we're talking actual money here, this, those conversations should be happening up front because, yeah. okay. Because yeah. you, you would effectively, would you lock in a deal at that point? Like you'd have... Yeah, they would be footing the bill. Therefore, they're kind of locked in contractually to pick it up later because they're, they're investing yeah, their own money. Yeah, if you can money, get yeah. that. It's wonderful if you can get that. That's what we're all trying to do, yeah, right? Yeah. Trying to make them commit with actual money. Sometimes you get a letter of intent that, yeah, this looks really interesting and we're interested. If you make this, we will most likely, you know, buy it. But they don't commit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's still yeah. a gamble. But even that is... Um, an open door, right? Yeah, we'd like to see this when it's done. That's great. So now it's up to us as filmmakers to make something that is really good. Yeah. Right. That's all, that's always, the, that's always <laughs> no, true. But you still have that <coughs> yeah. half promise or interest from one of those major, major platforms. And that's really what you want. You don't spend $2 million hoping it's going to work out. That's not wise. Yeah, because I know, I, I mean, we hear about like those Sundance indies in that in that range that show up with no mm -hmm. distribution and that's kind of like mm -hmm. you know getting into sundance kind of I'm, I'm assuming you're guaranteed to land something but i don't know maybe okay, all right no. i don't know you it know like if, if you start to research the successful sundance films what you find is that a lot of them maybe not all but a lot of them have had some kind of fame factor behind the scenes someone walked it in someone pushed it behind the scenes some celebrity yeah. of some kind were responsible to make sure this film got pushed to the front and i'm sure it's all legit i'm not saying it's it's shady oh, business no, no, no. but still you know how it is no, 100%. you know showbiz is is 
it's networking, it's nepotism, it's people who you know and all that. And that's really the nature of the business, right? It's what? all. <laughs> what? Even there, right? So, you, so if you start to research these films that were really successful, you find, oh, so-and-so or an EP or co-producer or something, and they you know, made sure that it got on the right desk and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. got the the right eyeballs exactly. on it. And, and the film deserved it. I'm not saying it was a bad film. No, the film deserved it and that's wonderful. And without that special person, it would probably just disappear. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, 100%. So, I guess going back a little bit to you were saying you described the three to five million dollar budget range as the as the two to five yeah two to five mm -hmm. as like the would you say like the next sweet spot or like the sweet yeah. spot mm -hmm. what makes what makes that a, a sweet spot well basically like? because you can afford to make it look good you well two things you can afford to get one name you only need one name really right um, okay you can have some other character actors that are wonderful also but you do need one name that is somewhat recognizable and if you're aiming to make a film to sell to uh, one of the cable channels you know lifetime hallmark bt whatever then you need to look at the films that they show that they have produced <clears throat> and look at their cast roster and typically cast one of those people because you know they're already in a lot of those movies so it's easier and better because if you get someone that's too expensive then that network knows we can't afford to pay for that person because it's outside our budget range what yeah. we pay for the movies yeah right? so mm -hmm. that's again that that's all that producer <laughs> non-creative you know connecting the dots and figuring out who to cast and the other thing you do with money is you get great locations great props costumes things special effects a little bit yeah you need always need some whether it's special effects doesn't always mean fant need means fantasy it can also just be set extensions uh, to enhance an existing you know set or location um, but basically you make it look good or you make it look expensive yeah and it, that allows yeah until you reach that that budget level it's hard to get yeah okay i think the biggest thing that you kind of mentioned was the was the cat the casting cast that, that mm -hmm. that's one part why it's expensive the other is i would say locations yeah, locations can locations be can be expensive, depending on what you want to do. Um, what what's the is there a expectation to have on how much how much a name, quote unquote, would how much of a budget suck that would be of uh, two to five million? Is are we talking? It really depends who you're going for, right? Um, and what their agents want to negotiate. Yeah, cause I, um, okay. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to gauge like six figures seven figures yeah <laughs> somewhere around <laughs> yeah, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you know it depends five figures yeah they're, they're not it could be six and seven figures De depending on who you get yeah really and how long you need them for how many days and what kind of movie yeah and how how interested they are in the project yeah because it's still if, if it's a too big of a name it's going to be big step down for them to work at two to five million and they need to make sure that they come off looking good because it's their career right yeah and yeah 100 if, if you don't make them look good then then they're gonna be careful yeah <laughs> yeah no because i know i know like a classic uh, it's been a, i'm sure plenty of filmmakers are 
in terms of like getting getting that right name like i know mm-hmm. looking into um like the dream here is you know working for marvel at some point doing like a marvel studios big budget movie mm-hmm, would be mm-hmm. fun maybe i don't know so maybe it's not fun <laughs> but uh um i know like i've known some indie indie filmmakers that were able to snack uh, snack snag a marvel actor that's not one of the main big leads like mm-hmm. it's more of a supporting role actor mm-hmm. but then they give them the lead role in their feature yeah, yeah right, right and that and then that gets them on marvel's radar yeah. mm-hmm. and then that director ends up directing sure. some episodes of some tv or something mm-hmm. and it's like all right cool that's that's yeah that's a good strategy absolutely i mean that's working the ladder you can't just like jump into the top coming from nowhere you you know you work your way up through your work and through networking and so on but you know i think at least here in la it's a very high concentration of talent uh there's a lot of people who are wannabes and one day and so on but it's also a high concentration of very very skilled people so with this all networking and, and creating opportunities meeting people blah 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 if someone says okay let me see what you got you got to be able to, de- to deliver you can't just talk your way right, in. You, yeah. know, you, you have to walk the walk and you have to be able to back up all this networking and talk and so on and pitching with the real goods you you, you have to be good <laughs> yeah yeah right that's you gotta there's you gotta, no way around you that. have to do it all <laughs> um you know i mean i go back to comparing it to the music business i mean you know you can't be a bullshit artist and saying give me a gig i'm, I'm the greatest guitar player in the world blah 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 all right fine you're on and then you don't know more than two chords and you know I mean, yeah that's not gonna work <laughs> it's not gonna work um okay yes so I wanted to ask about genre because mm-hmm. um, there's, I don't know, I don't, I don't, it's been a little bit since I've looked into this, but is there not, not necessarily like a hierarchy of a genre, um, but even, even talking to the two to five million dollar or the, or the, the smaller indies, like, is there, we always hear like, oh, horror sells. Christmas movies sell like it's easier yeah, to sell these. Yeah, it's still true. And it's like, oh, you're doing a comedy. Yeah, that's not going to sell, or you need, yeah, you know, like, or whatever. It's, they- yeah, it's still true, but it's also hit and miss within those genres. Cliches are there for a reason because they're they seem to re- repeating themselves. That's why they become a cliche, like the horror and Christmas and the dog movie and so on, right? Yeah, uh, but it's not. Uh, that easy that it always works but almost always it works so let's talk about the Christmas movie yeah Christmas movies always work Hallmark makes a ton of them Um, if you want to make an indie Christmas movie I would recommend you try to team up with Lifetime or Hallmark or even BET or or, or, and again do co-production of some kind even if you raise all the money yourself and you don't need their money you still need a platform uh, and you want to talk to them and saying look this is what I'm planning to do and if we do this and it comes out looking well and here's, here's the cast we, we have in mind are you interested you, you really should do that as a producer you need to do your homework and figure out well you know like a lemonade stand if I put out a lemonade stand is someone gonna come and do, does anybody want to you know drink my lemonade right yeah. so you have to ask them are you interested in this I'm planning to do this 
are you interested? That's step one. And if they say, sure, this looks interesting, let us read the script. And if you vet the script with them and they approve it, even with some changes, whatever, then they're going to want to see the movie when it's done. And that's, that's a really good situation to be in. Horror movies, I think that's more, again, of a passion project. Because there's no real dedicated outlet for horror movies on those major commercial platforms. There's a lot of little horror movies on Netflix and so on, but they're all being picked up later. Netflix didn't produce them. The Black Mirror series is different. They, yeah, they co-produced with a British company, and but that's more high, you know, high concept, uh, high concept yeah. or, or high, again, bigger budget. You know, I mean, they look Huge fantastic, budgets, and, yeah. and you know, that's what you can do with money. But most indie horror projects tend to be passion projects. Um, yes, they used to be the bread and butter at these international markets that we talked about, right? That, that was what everyone traded all the time. But because it has changed now, that German distributor that comes to a market looking for movies, he's going to have a hard time making money from them in his home territory because of the power of Netflix, HBO, and Amazon. Um, so he's going to be more careful. So YouTube is actually a good place for horror movies, believe it or not, and huh. other AVOD platforms. Uh, free viewing with, with ads. Revenue comes from ads. So yeah. ad-based video-on-demand, AVOD. Um, and that's really a, it's a tangent here. I, AVOD is what I think is the savior for indie films. Um, because people are interested to discover unknown things, even if it doesn't have names in them, they just don't want to pay for them up front, you know. And I don't know if it's the money; it's just, it's just. A, I'm gonna give you two bucks for this. I have no idea what it is. Mm, I don't think so. You know, even though Starbucks is twice as much, they know what they're getting, right? It's, it's a. Yeah. They, they know exactly what that tastes like, and so on. And it's also the time commitment. Everyone is just flicking through little short things all the time, and then. You mean I'm going to have to sit there 100 minutes? What if I don't like it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit too you committal. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, so AVOD, we have found, is actually successful for indie films. People do watch them, and the money comes from ads, and, and that's it's like, working. Uh, and that's like, remind me again, the, the, the big AVOD platform. Is that like 2B, 2B, 2B TV, Voodoo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, that, is Voodoo AVOD? Um, I forget. Maybe it's 2B. I think yeah, I 2B is the big one, and... It's amazing. We we met with Tubi's parent company back before they were their own company. Now they're bought by Fox, but it was a company called AdRise. We met them at Natpe, one of these markets in Miami, in back in 2012, uh, when they were brand new. He's walking around. Hey, we got his little channel, and uh, and I had my motorsport shows. And I said, like, oh, okay, yeah, let's try it. It's free, but hey, why not? Let's just put them there and see what happens. And yeah, they're still there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. So that totally works. Uh, but we're talking about horror and so on. Yeah, so the different genres. Horror then has become a bulk product. Um, they are released on these AVOD platforms, but YouTube now have started to be more careful what they show. It can't be too sexual and nudity, topless and all that, and not too gory. They just say, no thanks, because it's a family channel and we're not going to get the advertisers. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be part of it. So you're going to have to cut out all that stuff <laughs> and destroy the movie in order to have it accepted on YouTube channels. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the horror has become cleaner, if you want to call it that. The, the, mm. the 
nudity and the gore is is being phased out because it doesn't have a home anymore anywhere. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other thing is if you want to go the family route, yeah, the dog movie is still a staple. Anything where the dog, like Lassie, right? The dog saves the day. In some way or another, the dog has to help the plot to solve the issue, save the farm or rescue yeah, the kid yeah. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking about, and this isn't a small budget movie, but the Channing Tatum dog movie mm -hmm. named Dog <laughs> was a thing that came out. Was it this year? But yeah. Yeah. Dog movies. Okay. Yeah. Dogs yeah. are... I don't feel like that's indie-friendly filmmaking. But. Well, you know, we see a lot of dog movies at these markets where there's just all little indie, it's you know, low-budget movies. and, and like torture. The low-budget movie, the indie movie internationally, they range from, you know, nothing to a million or so, you know. Because if you have movies with names in them, you don't have to take them to a market because you know that they have value right away and with the right connections you can just present them directly to the networks or the cable stations and etc yeah. etc right yeah. you don't need to sit at a market and put them on a table i mean it, it's you know yeah th those films are sold through direct connections mm -hmm. okay so yeah that's christmas and that's horror mm -hmm. what about everything else like drama well, let's talk about what doesn't work. Sure, yeah, let's go, let's go there. <laughs> Everything, I mean, every film has an audience, right? Every film has an audience and you have to find it. And if the film is well made, we don't talk about films being good or bad. We talk about them um, as, as a, an expression we came up with. We call it skillfully crafted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, because that's respectful. Um, that's nice. If the film is skillfully crafted, then it will have an audience. We believe that. Uh, but what we have seen statistically just looking at the revenue and the terms of views and clicks is um <laughs> dialogue driven relationship dramas in the indie film world mm -hmm. they are the ones that that fare the, the poorest it's mm. just not a big interest they're great for festivals because uh, they deal with the you know human nature and, and human condition and how we all connect to history and eternity and we all deal with the same issues now or when we were cavemen or in the 1700s. It's, it's that kind of connection to who are we, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And they're great for festivals, but it turns out that people rather see a bunch of zombies running around than, <laughs> you know, contemplate. <laughs> than to think about life. And yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, because, you know, we like those films especially if if they're well made and and you know and if the cast is not recognizable they're usually uh, good actors strong performances and so on but for some reason they just never click with yeah. the audience yeah maybe it's that the, t the you know if people fl flick through unknown in the films they're looking for escapism they're looking for something else they're not r seeking that typical in the festival film that is the dialogue-driven relationship drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yes, okay. No, yeah, sure. It, it sure. is what it is. I mean, we just don't see the money from them. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so that's, that's is, that, is that the what not to do category? Well, or? I don't want to say that, but if you're looking at it as a, from a business perspective, then you really need a strong name to make it interesting or to make it a, a mm -hmm. business project, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise, y you're not going to get the clicks, I'm yeah. afraid. 
Okay. So then that kind of leaves. Um, so we have, I mean, I don't. Oh, you mentioned comedy. Yeah, there's comedy. comedy. There's sci-fi. Sci-fi always works. Anything visual. Yeah. Anything that is not dialogue that driven. More, that more escapism. Escapism is, is always works. I mean, come on. It's, you know, it's the movies. People, everyone likes escapism, even though we, we like the deep stuff too. But, you know, it's an ice cream and a roller coaster. It's just like a quick fix, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm over here talking about working for Marvel. So yeah, there I, you go. Yeah, I exactly. understand. Yeah, the spectacle. Um, so sci-fi works. I think... It's just expensive for the just indie. Just think like, of it as... Look, a film is visual. It's it's film. It's not a radio show. And here we are doing, <laughs> you know, video podcast, right? But, yeah, yeah. But we get a lot of indie films that are so dialogue-driven. We wonder... Is this really a film? You know, they talk about stuff. Can't you just show us what you're talking about? You know, instead of just talking about something, mm -hmm. show me. Go out and do it. <laughs> they talk about what happened to them. You know, last year I had this terrible accident. Da 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 da. Well, okay, I'd like to see that. <laughs> you know, engage me visually. Um, so I, I think no matter what you're planning to do, think v visuals. M make it interesting to look at. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like solid advice. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a visual medium. Here. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So the genre. Okay. So it's kind of the the classic trope of of the genres that work seem to be still the genres that work. Yeah. And, you know. mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Let's see. Let's talk about. All right. So, speaking of filmmakers that aren't again again the 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 basic indie first-time filmmaker second-time filmmaker that is now trying to get distribution for the first time or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and hasn't been through the process before mm -hmm. again they're kind of like the producer director whatever they're coming to you they're they're exhausted from the process and now it's like oh wait you like my movie and you let's and and the contract looks good i went mm -hmm. through it and mm -hmm. and then there's still the the next portion that that isn't really talked about too much like i'm thinking about like the deliverable side of things oh, the okay. all those other additional last minute steps that kind of could right, potentially trip right. you up on yeah again it depends on the distributor it depends where the film is going if the film is going to um cable television it's probably not going to go to network but if we feel it has a chance to go to cable television then there are much more requirements than if we're just going to release it on VOD and and physical such as one thing that we get asked a lot do we need E&O insurance errors and omissions um, and it's a it's an expensive thing to get hmm. and you do need that if you're going to release it on um, cable TV anything like that they will, won't touch it without an E&O insurance but for regular VUD, you don't need it, and we don't require and it. And when, what is, what is this? That is, if there's an error or omission with any kind of legal thing, you 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 forgot uh, to get a release from one actor, or there's a Coca-Cola bottle in the background, or or something like that, that someone can come back to and say you don't have permission to do that. Then you need the insurance to cover that the loss the, of the yeah. trouble you're in yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so yeah and it's um between three and six thousand dollars so um, 
in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot, but it's still, if you if you exhausted your funds and you didn't budget for e and insurance, you have to come up with it. Yeah. If you're going to cable TV or one of the you know bigger platforms, if it's a regular VOD, you don't need it. Um, otherwise, it's pretty much straightforward. You know, everyone requires the video files to be ProRes 422HQ, which you probably spit out anyway. Um, and then you also need captions. Uh, you know, they, it's not just subtitles, but it's also for the deaf and hard of hearing. They describe anything that happens that makes a sound, door slam or pleasant music is heard in the background. You know, little descriptions yeah, yeah. like that, right? Uh, and that's a requirement from all platforms. Everyone needs that. And, that, and that's English specifically, right? In English. Yeah. Well, for, I'm thinking U.S. because that's where we yeah, release right, films. Right. And you do submit those English captions files for foreign release too, and they will translate them in their country, mm -hmm. right? And, but they're not expensive. Uh, we typically use a website called rev.com, R-E-V.com, yeah. and they're not expensive, and you order them, they're quick. You can QC them yourself afterwards. I would say they're pretty much 99 0.5% accurate all the time. So yeah. Sometimes you might tweak something, but you know, for the most part, that th they're all fine. Yeah, because I remember I went through that process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. too through that through that website. Yeah, it, yeah. it was it was cheap and it was easy and it was yeah. fast. Yeah, and I know that I did have to go in there and tweak. There, I know yeah, we had like a song playing mm -hmm. in 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 a scene and I got the lyrics wrong of the song, oh, so okay, I had to okay. kind of kind of go in there and, right, and right. fix that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was and then they, you can even submit the script to if they have questions, they can check against yeah, the script yeah. and it makes it more accurate. But but still, it's a good practice. You to you know read through the transcript to make sure it's accurate so. Mm -hmm. yeah so those things are required you do need that and then for um, we used to require printed posters for these markets but for the last few years <laughs> there hasn't been any markets it's been online so we don't yeah we have kind of scrapped that I think our in our contract say if requested <laughs> we, you know we can work that out whether if we print it in front the cost or you do whatever I mean it's not a big deal yeah if, if we go somewhere we're gonna hang a poster then we'll figure that out but most of the time everyone just flips through their iPad now anyway you know these posters yeah they served a different purpose a few years ago but Again, it's all ele electronic now, so it has changed. Yeah. Um, and less, then less the printing. art. If you have really good art, that's great. We still require two versions, one portrait and one landscape. Uh, Photoshop layers. You don't have to give us all the layers, but text and images, at least two layers, because I have to make probably 30 different sizes and formats from all the different platforms. They all have different requirements. Yeah. So from those two original ones, I make about 30 different versions of the posters. Okay. Yeah. And we also do something called an MOD DVD or Blu-ray release, which is manufacturing on demand. And uh, if you have extras for the DVD, at least it's, it's fun to include them. Um, you know, interviews, little bloopers, behind the scenes, whatever. It's because you think, oh, who cares about this? This is just for us. Well, then, okay, but it's for you, right? It's your own legacy. So, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it's fun to have that collected somewhere because you know how it is. You put things in a drawer and you move three times and it's gone. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. At least it's part of that DVD release. It, it's a timestamp. It's kind of like one of those time capsules you bury in the ground and it's part of the DVD and you, you look at it later and you go, oh, wow, wasn't, wasn't that fun? You know? DVDs, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'd be surprised, you know, 
we don't do traditional DVD releases that we manufacture and get in stores and so on. That right. doesn't work anymore. That's for Marvel, right? They have that demand. Yeah. But manufacturing on demand is that they're made to order and they're only online, but they're all in the big store. Uh, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, and, and these stores, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and they look like any um, just manufactured disc, shrink wrap, when they get it, they can be shipped yeah. or you can pick it up in the store. So. Yeah, and I think if I recall correctly too, you mentioned the video export, uh, but there is different. the The sound needs to be delivered in a certain way as well, right? Is that my remembering that correctly, or is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I have a like list. The, like the if they have, if you've never done this before, I have a list of gotchas, like QC gotchas, um, and and you know, it's not that people are sloppy. It's it's you you sit and stare in that screen for months right and you, your brain is just doesn't want to see the issues so you know black frames no rolling shutter you know make sure all your your um, uh, levels are to spec make sure to you know when you do the final export make sure to put the broadcast safe filter on and all those things and and when you do color grade keep an eye on, on the scopes to make sure you're always legal and so on otherwise you're going to get rejected um, so yeah, very technical things. The other thing that we see a lot actually is that the final export of the film is usually done in a color grading software of some kind. Mm -hmm. And they have the sound, the stereo sound there too. Not always do they have surround stems and you don't need them, that's not required, but you have to have stereo. But what they forget to do with the stereo is to pan them left and right. So you have two <laughs> channels that are mon mono, so they have a dual mono and they deliver that and if you don't understand sound, the easiest way to check whether you have dual mono or true stereo is to look at those meters. And if they always move exactly in tandem and they're like glued together left and right and they never ever separate, you have dual mono. True stereo, they always have a little variation unless you have added no ambient background and you only have one person talking in a room and all you have is a production sound that's going to be mono right so that that's fine but if you add ambient in like stereo sound effects or music of course you're going to see these two little meters move independently ever so slightly so that's an easy check to see if you have true stereo yeah <laughs> i know i think i made that mistake on it on happens a lot actually yeah and very, i was like very oh common. i was like oh yeah. my gosh yeah. that was an easy fix but yeah, it was yeah. frustrating yeah well oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I have a little uh, a cheat, yeah, a little cheat sheet with things that are easy to fix before you deliver the files. It will, you know, save you time and headaches mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, kind of a, I don't know. This is almost feels like. Okay, the question is: Does a again going back to like the sub hundred thousand mm -hmm. passion project uh, showcase feature mm -hmm. does that kind of feature film does it does it should a filmmaker seek out distribution is it something that that the filmmaker needs to do or that a movie needs still to kind of help even even yeah. though there should even though there's really no expectation of big money there mm -hmm. that I think so, should still again, because like I said, when you're in that meeting for your next project, you're going to ask those questions. Have you done a feature before? Because everyone is very nervous with first-time directors feature, 
right? They've done yeah. shorts, but if you've never done a feature, they're gonna go, mm, learning curve, red flag, <laughs> warning, stay away. You would think, you would think. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, if you're talking a real budget, real project, you know, you need to work your way up. So yeah, they're gonna ask you, have you done a feature? You say, sure. Did you get distribution? Yes. Because that's a sign of a approval, a stamp of approval. It's a coming, you know, like being accepted to a festival. It's like, boom, okay, it, it holds water. You know, it swims, it flies, whatever, it, it's, it's okay. Uh, and is it making any money? And you can say, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, technically, yes. <laughs> technically, yes. Well, I mean, you know, it's psychology. They need to make sure that you know what you're doing and you've yeah. done this before. It's not your first picnic. And it's like, okay, well, then let's talk, right? Yeah. So yeah. for that reason, it is important to get distribution that the film is out there. Yeah. Because I, I was almost thinking of like somebody somebody listening or watching this and being like oh like i don't i don't get what i'm getting it's almost like you almost it feels like there's almost a little bit of, of losing hope of like oh my feature is 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 a relationship a lot of talking in a mm -hmm. relationship movie it does look really good and i really enjoy it and i mm -hmm. think we did a good job with it mm -hmm. but now it's like oh it's not gonna like is it gonna have an audience is it but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day it's, it's the experience of going through the process regardless yeah, it's is, a, is still... Yeah, even on the distribution business side of the, the film process, it's, it's still a team sport. I mean, everything in filmmaking is a team sport, including the business side. So you need to think of that in, in those terms. Look, you, you need the whole team, and the whole team is also the business side. Uh, so include that in your project and in your process and and just don't think of it as going to the moon or something else and we don't like those people uh, you know no 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 we're all part of the team we're all trying to do the best we can for the film yeah that's the way it should be yeah okay so I mean, if you want to talk about self-distribution as opposed to having a distributor, because oh, that's, sure. we get that question a lot too. Okay, great. In, in our meetings, so let's touch on that. Yes, technically you can do self-distribution, um, and if you want to do that, and if you want to take that on, that's fine. And it's not that it's brain surgery or so difficult, but it's time-consuming. It's another job, right? So yes, you can write your own script, you can shoot your own movie, you can be the star in it and do everything. I mean, you, you, you know, you can do everything yourself. You can cut your own hair, you can fix your car or, you know, dig up the plumbing. And uh, you can do, there's so many things you can do, but it's time consuming. And, and do you really want to do that? And if the answer is yes, <laughs> then fine, go for it, right? But it's easy to just delegate, you do this. And of course, you're gonna get a commission for it, that's that's fine you pay the plumber too right or your car mechanic whatever yeah. but it's it's the team and now you're starting to think like a producer that you, you you hire a dp that is really good at what they do and yeah you, you know and you you gather this team together it's the same thing with the distribution and business end you 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 seek out the best players for your team to make sure that what you're starting now is going to be successful okay so I mean that's that's that was my understanding getting into it was uh this is something somebody could technically do themselves mm -hmm. but it does but having somebody that already has all the all the connections and has been through it knows what the formats are knows what they're looking for and 
it's just it's 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 less time for you to do it than it is for me to do it and learn right. everything from the top because too, you already so have the relationships yeah and many times because of all the email lists we're on in this world of business and distribution we get sent offers from other colleagues around the world saying oh we're looking for you know 20 horror movies for this new thing and they're gonna pay something up front and can you put something together for us sure and that's not going to happen with an individual because they're not part of the of this yeah. you know communication flow so that that happens you know now and then um so yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm trying to think i don't i've i've, I've effectively exhausted my list of questions yeah, okay <laughs> um and i'm but i feel like there's probably well i'm trying to think back of common questions we get in our meetings um Yeah, and these are all the things. What what films sell right now? What should I be making? Yeah, sure. Is that a, I don't, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. I understand it. But it's hard because it's a moving target. Even when you try to engage the buyer and the, the exhibition channel, like, you know, cable channel or something like that, then they say, oh, we're looking for this type of film right now okay but then when you made the film that's going to be a year later and then they say oh now we're not looking for that now yeah, we're looking yeah. for something else right I, I had a i had a friend go through that just mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. where she uh she was in talks and they're like yeah we're expanding our we're expanding or we're trying to do this new thing now mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and then by the time right. exactly she was presenting it. it's like oh no it didn't work out yeah. we're not we're, we I know. Didn't, we're not doing that anymore yeah, I know, I know. it's like oh i just invest you know yeah i know so it's it's like predicting the future you can't so that's why it's so difficult it's a it's a hard business to be in because you do have to kind of guess the future right what's going to be popular and so on but if you go back to the basics of just, ma just making storytelling story yeah make it interesting make it compelling engage me ma make me want to watch it because if you can do that then it works on everyone and, you know if i present something to someone who's going to showcase it on on their cable channel and it's really compelling they're going to say wow let's talk right so that's one way to go the other one is to, like I said, if you're going to do the Christmas movie or the dog movie or something that the channel is already showing all the time, and then you go in with a more calculated, formulaic maybe type of film that you know they're already uh, showing, and you try to make a yet another one because you know they're going to need more and more and more and more because they need new films, new films, new films mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a fresh produce it, it goes it gets old and they need new films all the time so yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah i mean that's like you said that's the tricky part of the of of what, of what we do here is uh, predicting the future is uh, yeah. yeah but really if, you know if, if i step back and think of this from a little bit of a distance i guess what we're talking about and you who listen to this I assume you're in the beginning of your career, otherwise you already know what you're doing and you're out doing it and, and you're working somewhere and you're much further along in your career. So I think that 
you are looking for ways how to get started how to get your career on the right track and so on so hopefully this has been helpful for that reason um, to, to, to understand that these below 100,000 features you do yes it's a career builder it's a calling card and use it as such don't think I made a movie and then I, now I'm done I just gonna sit back and wait for the festivals to call no you got to be out hustle and, and open doors and use these moving meetings and let the movie work for you so you can then further your career and get hired by someone who can pay you that's really the end goal for all in the filmmakers you need to be employed I mean you need to get paid you need a gig right what <laughs> we do what yeah if you want to be a street musician for the rest of your life sure that's sure. fine right? yeah, but you yeah. want to play in a club so <laughs> yeah you want to level up and yeah yes no it's well said yeah I think we, we could talk about a little bit because I, I feel like you potentially gave me a little advice in the beginning too is talking about once the distribution deal has been locked, the you've delivered all your deliverables. Mm -hmm. It's it's now being launched. You like you've given the release date, and you know it's going to drop on a certain date. Mm -hmm. There is a thing called marketing. Mm -hmm. Now you talked about how sometimes that goes into the expenses contract, depending on the distribution route you go into. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time. I'm assuming like it falls onto the production itself, like coming up with that marketing money and figuring out like the publicity and yeah, well, both we we do social media marketing also, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning when the film is new, we do a lot of social media efforts um, and I think we have found that the most effective way is to do Facebook Instagram combo because they're owned by the same company now, mm -hmm. right yeah and even Meta. just for yeah for one month it's if you spend four dollars a day it's 124 bucks it's not much money but it's it is effective and and we we use bitly links we can track how many clicks we get and where they're coming from and all that and we can see with the on the bitly page like as soon as the campaign goes live we see the clicks go up and they're pretty consistent sometimes they go up um and we can see how much we're paying for the clicks on the Facebook page there and if we get below 10 cents we know it's successful yeah um, I guess just to clarify too Facebook will spit out like the 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 analytics of the the cost per click because mm -hmm. the, the different setting is like cost per view or cost per mm -hmm. like you can kind of choose the right, right. choose how no choose we want to click we want them to click on to, to get to the site where they can view the movie yeah yeah for sure um, so if and it's good because they have target groups you can target special uh, special interest demographics and so on um, it's very hard now to market to social issues or political issues because they're so nervous of you know supporting the wrong thing but um, but still so yeah below 10 cents we know we have created the right um, target group for the campaign mm -hmm. But even so, the, the the ad or the post that you are blasting out is developed by the production team, not necessarily, or is that... No, we use the trailer. Um, okay, the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, and it's a short, short paragraph just to grab the attention, because okay. if it's too text heavy, people don't read. They, they just want to see stuff, right? And if they're interested, they click on it, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's just really the trailer. Um, 
yeah again lead with your visuals right? yeah and we and we tried the paid campaigns on twitter too but they, they don't work as well people don't seem to click on it they're like oh nuisance ads eh. no one clicks on them so on twitter we just post regular mm -hmm. postings mm -hmm. uh, on instagram you have to do the paid campaign otherwise you don't have a hot link because there's no way to put a hot link in a regular instagram okay. posting yeah, yeah, yeah even if you put the text in there it's not you know yeah, hot, it, it, right? yeah. and no one's gonna cop go through the effort of copying and pasting or you can't even copy off of uh, yeah, no, yeah or write it down whatever no yeah. it has to be an instant like oh what's this click so you then you have to do the paid campaign in order to get that yeah i didn't know it was called the hot link that's that's cool is that what it's really called? It used to be called a hot link. Yeah, old school, <laughs> early internet. <laughs> oh, okay. Now it's uh, okay. All right. Well, I like it. Um, okay, and then you're uh, for Instagram. I know. I don't know. It's the that's that's a physical uh, physical. That's an actual like post post. Because I know sometimes I don't know if this was from you or from somebody else, but it was you can advertise on instagram on stories or on actual posts and you want mm -hmm. you want to come through on the scroll not in not th ads through the reels i mean the uh, stories mm -hmm. but i don't know if it matters or i don't know how they do it because that's handled by the ad campaign okay, we okay. just said it be everywhere you know just you know we, i just we, heard stories are bad mm -hmm. and don't advertise there but we do know that in the beginning we tried to just boost a regular post yeah, yeah. that is not as effective as doing a campaign from scratch okay gotcha yeah. so we don't well, we, we, we post on our company Facebook page and so on also right um, but they don't get any views it clicks a little bit not much but you do a campaign from scratch they, they do work we get a lot okay. of views a lot of clicks on them yeah, yeah. nice great what what are we missing here? Is um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to anticipate. You know, you're sitting out there and you're wondering, well, what about this? And we, we don't have a live text we could read with comments. Yeah, we're not we're not live. We're not <coughs> streaming. <laughs> um, um, no, I feel like I feel like at the end of the day. Well, let's talk the first project because you, you touched on that okay, when we sure, drifted sure. apart. What should I do for my first project, right? I think for your fir very first project, do the passion thing. Do something you really believe in. Be passionate. Be, be in love. You know, have that euphoria that kind of, wow, this is so much fun and it's great. And also have a, a, a fun team. People who don't whine and complain and people who want to be part of something and really enjoy it because it is tough it's a lot of work so why not try to have a good time right once you're done with that experience of the first one and all that then i think you can start to think about all right let's plan this let's see where do we want this to go and now you can put on your producer hat and be a little more business oriented but i think for the first one you know just love it just have fun i think it's great advice yeah, I mean, that's, to speak on my experience, that's, that's essentially how I went about it, was it was, was, the first one was even just proving to myself that I could do it at all, was mm -hmm. I, I don't have the capacity to think about the business side, because I haven't even creatively accomplished this task before, mm -hmm. so let's, let's do that first, yeah, and yeah. if we can get there, then I'll worry about the distribution aspect and go through that path. 
when I get there, but stop mm-hmm. asking me about my distribution plan because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to make my first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of helps lighten the load too, and like yeah, focus on the passion. Yeah, yeah. And um, make something. Yeah, that's that's. Because also that's gonna be easiest to pitch if you if you're in love with it yourself, you can pitch it because you know you feel very strongly for it if it's a construction that's supposed to fit into this hole then you, you're gonna have to come up with a way to pitch it so that it sounds exciting but if you're excited about it then the pitch is going to be exciting too that's often true <laughs> yeah yeah no i i buy that mm. okay yeah all right i don't okay i'm ugh. i'm good okay i am good i i hope you're good at, at home as well i guess uh, last last qu- I don't know I feel like we're I feel like we covered a lot I'm I'm satisfied with the conversation okay thank you for your time sure yeah. where for people that I don't know if we if, if you want this or not but for people that are curious on maybe some stuff we missed or they just want to keep in keep in touch with seeing what Leo Mark Studios has going on or seeing mm-hmm. what catalog that you have or mm-hmm any of that how do people follow well it's the you? website we we have changed our website and, and it's still in the process of being finished there's so mm. many things to do but at least we have a, a new website that the films are now alphabetized differently because before i had to do it all manually right but now it's Ooh, one of those wordpress things that is all like database driven so it's automatic so it makes that part easier but you can you can browse around there if you want but you can contact us also it's just info at leahmarkstudios.com and we'll answer emails and yeah that's what we do we 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 talk to people all the time and you know we're yeah. not difficult to reach <laughs> yeah no it's great and yeah. yeah and the the website is so when it is up it's is it currently i know it's up right but okay. there's still a few things that we need to work on but at least all the movies are up and they're alphabetized and they're, they're in categories and it's okay. and you have search fields so because it's, it's not really a business to consumer this is business to business this is a way for other businesses to quickly find things they're looking for on our website yeah, yeah. you can actually search for things quickly right yeah and um, that's that's is that leomarkstudios.com yeah or? okay yeah, yeah. great just want to make sure that was said yeah <laughs> all right Alrighty. well thanks so much and uh that's the show all right bye everybody bye bye <laughs>